everybody, it's Play to Innovate, the innovation show that goes beyond the hype. Now here's your host, my dad, Brett Schwab. Welcome to another episode of Play to Innovate, the podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about when to not innovate. Last Thanksgiving dinner, I got into an interesting conversation with my uncle. And it wasn't an argument. It really was just an interesting conversation. But after my admitted but inadvertent poking and prodding, he made a comment, which was, why does everything have to change? Sometimes things are just good enough. A conversation that started about airplanes ended up getting me thinking about my kind of quote, change everything all the time stance. But more about that in a few minutes. After some long thought and some research, I finally realized there are actually times when innovation really is not the answer. And I know, I know, it's me. I'm all about innovation and change and new stuff. But there really are times when sameness and small incremental improvements is the right thing to do. There are even times when it's just the stuff surrounding a thing that needs to change, and the core thing itself is perfectly fine the way it is. But before I dive into that, let me define innovation as I'm talking about. Because I think, and I've said this before, too many people use the term innovation when they are just talking about improvements. And there is nothing wrong with improvements. But innovation is more than just improvements. It's actually more than just big improvements. Innovation really is a fundamental change in the way we do things or think about things or the way something works. So with that in mind, there are times when improvements are not even the right answer. And sometimes it's just sameness that you want to go with. With a little digging, I have found some examples of products and things that are perfectly fine the way they are. Um, The first one is one of actually my favorite stories, which is about GE's MRI machine. It's their Adventure Series. Now, if you've ever watched your child get an MRI, you'll understand why this story is one of my favorites. And then I have actually watched my child get an MRI, and it is not fun. And in fact, it keeps bringing tears to my eyes if I allow myself to think about it for too long. But as the machine's designer tells it, he went to the hospital where they were showcasing the new machine he designed. But he watched as this young girl was coming down the hall with her parents. She was in tears, and her parents were doing whatever they could to comfort her. And talking about, you know, we talked about how you can be brave, and you can do this, sweetie. And not that they knew really how they would get their little girl through the experience beyond trying to encourage her. Now, the thing about this story is that it's a reminder to not just take into account the thing itself but the environment around it. After all, GE could have said, hey, we'll improve it for the next version. The solution was really more to improve the environment rather than the machine and to change the story the child is told or tells themselves. By changing the environment to adventures that the child liked, they lowered their anxiety, but they also changed the story the child heard. 
So, for example, in one story, the child is told that they're in a canoe and they're actually put in kind of a special canoe thing and they're uh, as they get scanned. And so to keep them still, all the technician has to do is say, don't rock the boat and the fish will start jumping over you. And then they start seeing fish jump over them and things like that. Or in the pirate adventure, they have to lay very still and quiet so the pirates don't hear them. But the whole room is has been transformed into something that looks like a shipwreck and they're on a pier. So the solution was not to change the machine, but the environment and the story. Now, there are times when the product is outdated, such as the vinyl record. And for those of you who don't know what an LP or a vinyl record is, um, really, shouldn't you be outside playing right now? How, how old are you? As we all know, records have long been replaced by CDs, which have then been replaced by downloads and now streaming services. So the idea of simply improving records is actually a bit silly at this point, or so it really might seem. I'm sure a few of you have heard about the resurgence of records in the last few years. And at this point, it's been more than just a few years. It's actually probably been over five at this point. But that's because not only are there DJs who still love them, there are audiophiles who swear by them. They feel that the sound coming from a vinyl record has a richer, deeper tone to it, and they really enjoy that. So record producers had to scramble to find a new manufacturer that would actually produce records. And those manufacturers had to scramble to buy up all the existing production equipment they could find. The fact is, is that no one is really building it anymore. So that's actually a really big issue. So with this renewed interest, record labels not only started to sell the physical media, but they also changed the packaging around it and started offering digital downloads with it. So in the end, it wasn't really that the record needed to change. They just needed to adjust for a new market. And this new market might not be as big as the old one, but it still exists and it's still profitable. While I have you here, if you are ready to go to that next step and learn more, check out my book, Play to Innovate. You will find it on Amazon.com. Just search for Play to Innovate and you will find the book. If you would like to set up a workshop for your group or your company, let me know at brett at fivepebblesllc.com. That's B-R-E-T at fivepebblesllc.com. Those two to three hour dynamic workshops are hands-on training that will take you step-by-step through one of your projects. We will better define that project as end results and benefits. You'll also look at the things that might be holding you or your company back so that you can better change them. We will then go through a dynamic, fun, play to innovate session to find solutions for your project. And then the follow-up will be a time for Q&A and to better define those solutions we found in the play to innovate game session. Everybody will leave feeling fully equipped to use the techniques and mindset, not only to complete the project that we started in the workshop, but also on their future work. So again, if you are ready to set up a workshop, contact me at B-R-E-T at 5PebblesLLC.com. That's the number 5PebblesLLC.com. 
Now, there are things that no one has really improved on fully, like printed books. And if you've ever read an ebook, you know that there are some nice features about ebooks, like being able to take notes and searching for specific content. And I also like that my e-reader can store a pile of books so I can carry a library around me when I go traveling. And all of those books can be stored online, so I actually can get them on my phone or my tablet or an e-reader. But the experience definitely has its cons. The least of which is that it's actually more tiring to read on a regular tablet or a phone screen than on paper. So this is why many e-readers have actual paper displays. So they're e-paper, but they're still paper. It's just easier to read on paper. The other issue is that there's really no way to just kind of flip to pages. You can't just flip around the book on an e-reader. So unless you know which page number that thing you remember it is on, it's going to take you a bit longer to find it. And you can't really just go, yeah, you know, I just want to stop about here. You actually have to tell it what page number you want to go to, which is kind of a, a different guess and a more difficult thing. So as much as I thought I would love an e-reader, I actually find myself returning to physical books. But I also think books have an emotional element that is it's part nostalgia and partly the way I can get into a physical book more than an e-reader. I mean, and by getting into it, I mean... I just really lose myself in a story when I'm reading an, a regular book, and I still kind of know what's going on around me when I have an e-reader in my hand. Which is kind of my point. No one has duplicated the emotional experience of a physical book, which I find doubly interesting because my wife loves her little Nook e-reader, but she is still actually more into now audiobooks, but also paper books. Her device has a personality, too, it's, and it's light, it's easy to use, it's great for travel, but it is still not the same as a paper book. So, in many ways, the lesson here is the same with the GEMRI machine. It's not about the device, but the experience surrounding the device. And it's not about the book, it's about how that book looks and feels, and it's about how it makes you feel. Now, I don't know what it is for you, or even if you agree with me, but there's almost a kind of a story about a, just the book itself, kind of just sitting there on the table. For me, it's just kind of this mystery of what does that book contain? You know, it's got this photo. You can kind of tell yourself a little story about what might be in that book or what it's going to tell you. There's kind of a craft to making this book. It's not just another technical device sitting on a table. It's kind of this crafted object. And it's warm and simple and just comfortable for me. So I don't really see that with any e-readers right now. Now, as for my Thanksgiving conversation, my uncle was talking about a part that's used on military jets that has been made exactly the same since the 70s. The fact that it has to be made exactly the same way it means that the cost has actually gone up over time for a variety of reasons, and the least of which is that the demand for this part is now just these military planes. Now, this means that in whatever this part is, actually, I wasn't really paying that much attention, only that I heard something hadn't changed since the 70s, and I jumped on it. So, And I've since calmed down on that front. But 
Um, so whatever this part is, I think it's a filter actually, is now very expensive. And my question was, why don't they just update the plane to use a more common solution or a cheaper part? So here's the thing. There comes a time when you have to look at what you're doing and decide if the expense of changing it outweighs the challenges you're facing. In the case of replacement parts for a billion dollar aircraft, maybe a thousand dollar air filter is fine or whatever kind of filter this might be is fine. But I still stand by what I always say. If you are not questioning yourself or your actions on a regular basis, how do you expect to stay relevant and grow? And if you're not at least evolving your career, business, or products, you're falling behind, and these days really quickly. For that matter, if you're not growing as a person, you're not staying the same. You're actually falling behind as a person. And it's not just because people are passing you up. It's because you're actually starting to do less and less. And I saw this in myself when I actually spent the last seven years working out of the house, and I lost the discipline of getting out of my chair and walking around during the day and actually getting even a modest amount of activity. And then I also noticed that I was just eating more. So I actually gained quite a bit of weight over the seven years, and I've lost it quickly because now I'm walking everywhere. But what will help is consistent daily reflection. Uh, you know, if, even if I'm in a hurry or I'm tired, I still ask three basic questions. The first is, what went right today and what did I learn from that? What didn't go so great and what did I learn from that? And what am I proud of? And actually, recently I updated those questions to think about what I learned from both my success and failures, so my daily reflection actually helped me update the questions I use for my daily reflection. Part of my daily reflection the day of that Thanksgiving dinner was questioning if innovation or change is always the answer. Now, I used to excitedly say yes to at least 95% of everything. It used to be that you'd have to convince me that the status quo was the right thing to do, because I would instantly say, nope, time to change, time to do something different. Now, I actually have a more thoughtful, nuanced approach where I start by considering the current solution as a valid solution, and then I also consider the surrounding elements as the issue. Usually, I find that it's time to make some kind of change to the core item, but at least I actually start thinking about it now. So there's progress. Overall, the lessons I took from this conversation and my research were to always consider the surrounding elements and environment before diving in and expecting the core product needs to change. To do this, you consider the entire experience, not just the interaction with the thing itself. For example, if you provide a service, what is the experience starting from finding you? And then evaluating your services and making sure that they're the right thing for that company, that person. And then even to booking you, what's the experience of booking your services? All the way to after they've paid you. What is that thing, that lasting impression you leave them with? And if you sell a product, consider similar questions. So like, what is the experience finding that item? 
How about evaluating it for that person's needs? How easy is it to get that information? All the way to past paying for it, past using it, all the way to disposing of this product. Because that is actually the last experience that person's going to have with it. And so it's going to be the lasting experience. And if you've made it difficult to dispose of, that is going to be a lasting impression. So it's more of a holistic approach that will set you apart rather than what most people do, which is focus on that core item, that core element, and they forget everything surrounding it. The next lesson was more of a reminder to always do my research up front. I can't help but think that a little observation at the hospital before the design process started on that MRI machine most likely would have pointed to the issue of children's fears and the issues that they face when using the MRI machine. As for LPs, I don't know if they could have seen that coming. I think the the industry and the market changed on them so abruptly, there was more of a panic as, um, as there was a lack of demand for LPs. And it wasn't until the consumers themselves discovered that they liked that sound better than what they could get anywhere else, that they actually went back to it. So it actually might, if, if they could have seen that coming, it actually might have been a marketing issue, and they might have been able to save LPs or vinyl records. Now, as for e-readers, I know various groups have been working on it for actually over a decade. I remember uh, seeing, actually soon after I graduated college, I remember seeing people talking about e-readers. So I don't know what would make it right or better, but I do expect someone will actually find a solution eventually. But for now, paper books are still a strong seller, even if you're starting to see storefronts struggling to sell. And that's because it's just more convenient to find books when you, I guess, go online and you're searching and looking at subjects and stuff like that, and it's just, it just comes to your house. So you can't really compete with that very well, although I still say there's got to be a solution out there. So those are the lessons that I learned from that one conversation with my uncle. It really led to a lot, and I have to thank him for challenging me on that front. Without that challenge, I wouldn't have grown, and I wouldn't have actually started questioning my own actions. So I invite you all to start looking at the projects that you have, and don't just say, hey, you know what, we don't have to innovate, but really give it a holistic look. What are all of the issues surrounding whatever it is that you do? How are you working with your colleagues? How are you working with your internal clients? How are your external clients using it? Have a holistic view of your world. It might turn out that what you're doing is still perfectly fine, but the surrounding issues around it need to be improved, need to be changed, or need to be fully innovated on and completely changed. Well, it's been another short episode. I hope you got something out of everything I was talking about, and I will talk to you later. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.